I'm interested to see how the vaccine changed your brain in the notes. Uh, let's see. Let's compare. We'll, we'll go through it and compare. I think I'm less angry of a person now. Okay. Uh, maybe this exhaustion is good for me because now I don't want to rip Howie Roseman's head off. Well, I, you know, uh, easy. <laughs> Chris Hansen here, and I'm going to need you all to take a seat right over there and check out Birds vs. Like Boys. I think you're completely right here, and I hate it. Yep. Hey, idiots. Stop doing dumb things. I got two phones. Upside alert. Upside alert. I might go insane. I think you're already there. There's no hope. Hope Studio. is gone. If this was an AFC North podcast, we'd be done in 15 minutes. Bob Hope. I'm going to drink bleach. Keep the team you promised me you were going to be this year. This is the Consciously Hopeful podcast. I'll be watching. Welcome to episode 52 of Birds vs. Boys, everybody. It is our first episode since the Wild Eagles draft trade. Can't wait to get my partner Aiden's take on that. Today, we also will be joined by Lindsay OK for her second appearance on the show. But before we get into all that, Aiden, how are you, my friend? Well, I'll be honest with you. And you know this because you are right in the same uh, saddle as me. I would love to say that I'm angry and fired up with the Eagles about this trade, but I got that second vaccine shot and I have I fought a battle. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. The Moderna Mac truck. I got hit by a truck. <laughs> the Moderna truck. So I'll be honest with you. Uh Physically, I'm exhausted, and it has nothing to do with Howie Roseman this time. <laughs> and everybody, just so so, just so you guys know, like Aiden and I are not just podcast partners here for Bird. Like we went through this entire thing together as a team, right? We 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 went to Penn in Philadelphia for our first shot. Had no idea where we were going. Freezing cold. Took us 40 minutes to find the door that we apparently walked past six times. Um, but we made it, we did it together. And then episode two, we died together. <laughs> you talk about synergy. Not only are we linked up or we're agreeing on everything on the podcast now, uh, like you said, went through the whole vaccine process together too. So <laughs> you two, we want chemistry in a podcast. There you go. <laughs> we, we had fever together, chills together, headaches together. And now we get to talk Eagles trade together i uh, yeah i was about to say you have a headache from the vaccine i have a headache because of the eagles and the trades that they make and the things that they do uh before we get into that technical notes so like you mm -hmm. said Lindsay, okay back for the second time great conversation with her we get her at fantastic times to talk to her we about do. things we have the draft coming up so we're in preliminary talks for what we're doing for that but there will be content from birds versus boys of, of some sort uh yep. follow us on twitter there's like some guy who's like really funny and like really knows about memes on the internet running the account and it's like doing pretty well like i don't know who it is but like the guy behind the the account has just been you know cranking out some pretty solid content lately uh it's at birds vs. boys pod <laughs> yeah <laughs> my favorite meme of all time that's literally if you guys haven't gotten your vaccine shot yet it will feel like you are on fire and also mm -hmm. feel like you are living in the south pole at simultaneous at the same time at the same and time I, and you're just want to gonna want to sleep <laughs> you're, yeah it will feel like you went, through, you ran suicides for an entire mm -hmm. day, and nothing mm -hmm. else. Nope. Uh, so, not much else in terms of of the uh, technical notes. Aside from more guests, we'll have draft related guests coming up. Lindsay tonight. Follow it on on Twitter, and obviously the TikTok is doing well itself. So we got all that going on. We love our TikToks. Tonight we will do our TikToks at the end of the show. No Vince. We're gonna we're gonna let everybody know from the jump. He's driving into the woods or something. I I don't know. And, but he's and not like here. classic, like you know how Billy is always like doing something wild for pardon my take. So Vince last show, we gave him the project because he comes up with these ridiculous TikToks. We said, Vince, we'll give you your own segment where we do Vince's nuggets. Mm -hmm. And then yesterday he told us. He'll edit on the back end because he's driving into the woods and wouldn't be here tonight. So 
Vince's I don't nuggets, think that episode one. <laughs> Vince's nuggets didn't make it past the pilot episode. Here, here, hold on. Hey, everybody, Vince here. Uh, I am going to talk about the kicker out of Abilene Christian State. He actually is also on the basketball team that made the Elite Eight. He kicked uh, 12 of 43 field goals. It was pretty good for a kicker in you know that league. He had only 43 misses after the extra point. Only 43. He's going to be good. He's going to go in the second round. Eagles are going to take him. His name is Jalen. <laughs> Hey, that was Vince's Nuggets. <laughs> Perfect. I think that sums it up. I think we're yep. good. We, we give got... people the Vince content for the week. <sighs> Just because people love Vince. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I'll tell you what. You want to get our serious content out of the way? Yeah, I think <laughs> I think we need to. <laughs> so this is our first show since the Eagles' big trade. Mm-hmm. it's probably good that we didn't do an emergency live stream and we're doing it now one i've had time to think and i'm obviously less angry than last week and i was hit by a vaccine bus so i'm a lot calmer i think i can uh i think i can sum this up a little bit better than me screaming into the mic which would have happened last week that hey well, at least we would have had a lot of content but this will actually be better logical thinking i guess we'll try me logic not the you know it's never been my pairing here in life but we'll try i'll tell you what though you will still have good content because i'll tell you what i got so fired up the notepad is um, here the note hold on we have so here on one sheet if you're watching on youtube last week immediately after the trade i wrote down all of my notes on it and then i wrote an entire blog on it Mm -hmm. like actually grammatically correct Mm-hmm. And then I forgot that I wrote the notes. Have a blog I could have referenced anyway. And tonight wrote no an notes. entire page of notes again. So mm-hmm. I've I've written full pages of notes and a blog for this. So I'm interested to see how the vaccine changed your brain in the notes. Uh let's see. Let's compare. We'll we'll go through it and compare. I think I'm less angry of a person now. Okay. Uh, maybe this exhaustion is good for me. Because now I don't want to rip Howie Roseman's head off. Well, I, you know, uh, easy. I'm not going to go that far. I'll tell you what, they look pretty, like my, I'm pretty, it'll be said with less hatred, less hatred, vitriol, and less, uh, less of a fierce variety, you know, maybe less of an impact. But yep. the notes, the, the notes still stay the same in my points. All right, let's get into it. Okay, let me lay it out to you. Uh, I'll ask you. This is the easiest way to break it down because we could. I, I've been in arguments about this pick for a week straight. Here's the easiest way to break it down, and I can even ask you: Would you rather? And this is a, a sane, reasonable argument. Would you rather have pick twelve this year, and three first round picks next year, or Jamar Chase this year and two first round picks next year? That's the easiest way to lay this out. This is exactly I mean, what this is. Do we know if Jamar Chase or Kyle Pitts are coming out of the draft next year? They're not. So I'm going with one of the two possibly generational Hall of Fame talents, either a wide receiver or tight end, where you are lacking tremendously in playmakers and then two first-round picks next year. Instead of neither of those generational Hall of Fame talents, an okay player at 12 and then possibly having the ammunition to trade up for a quarterback next year when this is the quarterback class and next year's quarterback class has already known to be. eh. Yeah. I mean, they've been talking about Trevor Lawrence for three years. Jamar Chase was the best wide receiver of last year's class. So I obviously agree with you, but it is a reasonable logical argument to have would you mm-hmm. rather have pick 12 or three first round picks like that is mm-hmm. a lot but so i have a ton of points to just back up my argument but you made the the most sound point which is the biggest thing this yep. has been a team starved of premier talent you have two people who we've been told and kyle pitts and jamar chase 
generational talents. You ask people who are going to be the Hall of Famers out of this class. Those are the first names that come up. Jamar Chase, as I've mentioned many times, he was on a field with Jerry Judy, Justin Jefferson, uh, Henry Ruggs, Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddell. He was the best one on that field. And, and the Eagles go for it. He, he's been training for the last year to become a professional wide receiver. And we saw that at his pro day. Like that's all he's been doing for a year and has a year less of wear and tear on his body. The fire in my belly woke back up when I was watching those pro days today. Just like watching those guys, like watching Kyle Pitts run a four, four, six is a six, six behemoth. Has the, God, large, gonna get fired the longest wingspan of any tight end or Ever. wide receiver. <laughs> Ever. He's a hundredth percentile. A hundredth. Uh, speak. I was listening to the draft show this week since we plug these guys every episode. Make sure you and our guy Jeff Cavanaugh was on there and somebody wrote in during oh, during Twitter on the 20s and was asking for uh, comp for this year of, you know, players coming into the draft and comparing them to former or current NFL players. And Kyle Pitts was on there was one of the and Cavanaugh. Who do you think Cavanaugh compared him to? Uh, he's like a combination of Thanos and yep. Travis Kelsey. Were you listening? He just goes, no. he said, Thanos. That's all Did he, he is, really? Thanos. <laughs> yes. I seriously was. I didn't see that at all. <laughs> he goes, he's That's Thanos. So That's all he is. <laughs> I literally like just thought of that. I was like, what's an insane comparison I can come up with when he asked me? Mm-hmm. That was the one I could think of. Thanos. Thanos yeah. That's that's who they passed up on. My my dream is that Pitts goes at four and Chase goes at five, and we can have like one season where we're not doing this what could have been quote unquote scenario. Mm-hmm. Uh, now here I'll just give you my points and I'll lay them all out and we'll get through it. Uh, the here's the main reason that people didn't want Jamar Chase or Kyle Pitts, which you're an idiot. Sorry, but. They, they're like, oh, in a rebuild, you got to stockpile picks. This is a bad team. The more picks, the better it is. Gotcha. Yeah, that makes sense. I was part of the process with the Sixers. I get it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this doesn't prohibit a rebuild. This team wasn't one player away if you watched them last year. they I don't even know if they were five, six, or seven players away yep. <laughs> watching that team last year. You're still going to be in a rebuild. You are still probably going to be a quote-unquote lottery team. So I'm talking front half of the draft next year even with one of these guys. Yep. So you're going to have two first round picks. One of them's probably going to be pretty high. So that doesn't take you out of the running for a quarterback, which is the big thing for people. So if it comes out that Deshaun Watson, you know, cleared, he watches Pornhub like a normal person and doesn't violate masseuses. He'll be back on the table. No, Russell Wilson. <laughs> yeah. Wild story. It just, I know we touched on it and it got just. more wild since we, Record that. just unbelievable. Not looking good. <laughs> no, no, it's not. No, no, it's not. But um, real. Anytime someone comes out and they're like, "I don't want money. I don't. I want to be anonymous. Yep. I, like, I don't want anything from this. I just want everyone to know he's a predator." That's when you like. A, that's when I'm like, "All right, you might, dude. You might like, mean you might have fucked up." <laughs> when she says, "I got fearful that he was going to get traded." And now he's going to have a whole new city of masseuses to prey on. Yeah. That's when, you know, all right. That's, I know that article. If you haven't read it, go read it. It was was good journalism. I'm not going to jump to conclusions, but when I read something like that, where someone's like, I don't want money. I don't want my name out there. I just want people to know. I was afraid this guy's going to get traded and prey on masseuses in another city. That's, that's when I'm like, all right, this dude might have did something like, bad. Like you and I are people that like what we would give to have his money and his athletic ability and to play quarterback in the NFL. Like just don't. I just I just don't get it though. Like I, I just don't get – I'm sorry I'm getting sidetracked on yeah. the Eagles trade thing, but I know people wanted to trade for a quarterback and he was like the prime prospect for this. Mm-hmm. But I just don't get it. Like 
you, you're rich and famous and handsome and successful. Just have sex like a regular person with people <laughs> yes. who want to with you. And you can have as much of it as you want. You can just – you literally just have to text a girl or DM a girl, hey, on Instagram, and they will fly out to your city. Yes. You have to put in no effort. You are 6'5". You are a quarterback. You make – you have a contract that is $100 million. You just have to exist. You won a national championship. You are one of the premier faces of the league. You are 26 years old. All you have to do is breathe. And girls would have sex with you. You don't have to. You don't have to assault them. You don't have to be a serial predator. Like I. And shout out to producer Vince who said, "Too bad a couple weeks ago when we did destinations for Deshaun Watson, no one put jail." <laughs> yeah, I really hope none of this is true because I, I really I liked him. Not either, but yeah, he was but. my fir- perfect example of. I, I hate the advanced statistics. He was good mm-hmm. in college, so he was good in the pros. It's as simple as that. that was, he was the perfect example of that. So I hope none of this is true. But back to the Eagles, we wanted a quarterback. Mm-hmm. That might be off the table. But look, listen, two first-round picks next year, one of them, quote-unquote, lottery, and another one, say, 2023 or 2024, that still gets you a quarterback or making a push to trade up for a quarterback if there's one there. And guess what? When that quote – that that premier quarterback gets here they'd have jamar chase to throw to and all of a sudden they have some help the reason mm-hmm. Deshaun watson wanted traded originally is because he didn't have help so you bring him to philadelphia to throw to greg ward come on man like you're just going from one problem to the next this didn't prohibit a rebuild you could have still done it and stayed at six you won you did it you got mm-hmm. a, a Wentz plays seventy five percent. You have two first round picks next year. You'll have cap space again for the first time in a while. You did it. You won. And then you lost. And then they lost. And they had they have eleven picks this year. It's not like they're hurting for picks. They have mm-hmm. the most picks in the league. That that never made sense to me. But it's like uh, I, I've been talking about this. Listen to our show, Drunk Off PNR, our basketball show. Well, let's bring this full circle and combine them together. The strategy in the NBA for GMs right now, and I kind of get it. There's what, 30 teams in the NBA. There's 32 in the NFL. Yep. Which means there's 30 GM positions in the NBA and 32 in the NFL. Mm-hmm. It's really hard to get that position. And if you screw mm-hmm. up, you're probably not getting a second chance. Mm-hmm. So you want to keep that position as long as possible. Absolutely. So what do you do? When you make trades, you get a bunch of draft picks. Because guess what draft picks do? Buy you time. You can't you can't assess somebody when when the Rockets trade James Harden and now they have Brooklyn's picks for the next four years. You can't immediately say this GM is doing a bad job because the GM can say, well, you can't say that yet. We have to see how this turns out in four years. Howie Roseman was a guy out of time. And what did he do to buy time? He got picks. It's a strategy that's going on in the NBA, and he just used it. Yep. All right, I'm going to throw a curveball here to you, a question I have not asked you yet. Eagles trade back to 12. So Pitts, probably off the board. Jamar, definitely off the board. So let's say you're sitting here draft night. We'll be doing a live stream for Brandon Sports. More details to come soon. You're sitting there draft night. Okay. Let's say both Alabama receivers, Waddle and Smith, are sitting there. Micah Parsons and J.C. Oh. Horn <laughs> go from four to one of well, who you the would statistics want. of this like actually happening are impossible. So I, four, I think three I out of those. I think three out of those four could be there. Maybe I, I don't think Devontae Smith would be there. All right, we'll take him it off the board. Then Waddle, Micah, J.C. Horn. Do you want me to do it in my favorites, or do you want me to put it in in terms of how the Eagles would do it? Do both. That's, do, both? do both. Okay. So if if we're doing it the Eagles way, I'd have Parsons at four. I would have I'd probably put Smith at three. I would have at two. I would put J.C. Horn, and at one I would put Waddle. They they still are obsessed with the speed thing, and we'll see if things change with the new regime. Now, if I'm doing it, I've got Horn at four, I've got Waddle at two, I've got Smith at one, or at, at two, I'm sorry, 
Horn at four, Waddle at three, then I have Smith at two, and this is controversial, obviously, but then I do Parsons at one. Now, was that you just because you love player, Michael? Yeah. Or, yeah, yeah. Did so you... I'm, a, I'm a big believer in best player available strategy, mm-hmm. so I don't care the position. When you're a bad team, just take the best player and figure it out later. And I think Michael's the best player. And I know they don't care about linebackers, which is why he's four for the Eagles and one here. But just just take the most talented person who's there. Agreed. My only caveat to that is uh, there's been a lot of talk of Kyle Pitts to the Falcons at four. They were a bottom-dwelling defense last year. I believe they were 30th or 29th overall in defense. And Matt Ryan was sacked. Uh, He was third in the league in sacks. So... (laughs) Maybe, maybe you might actually not want to take Pitts yeah. in a forward. <laughs> maybe like any other position. Maybe Peeny Swell. Yeah, like maybe go offensive line or like your quarterback's thirty-five. You might want to look at Trey Lance or go to his pro day. And now, and now the Dallas Cowboys have their uh, former head coach and defensive mind as their defensive coordinator, and the Cowboys think he's just going to fix all the problems best of luck <laughs> that defense was like i'm pretty sure they were 29th in the league <laughs> mm-hmm. hey you know they, they haven't been good nope. um you, you spoke of the cowboys and that leads into my last point about this trade so the eagles gave up their ability to control their own destiny they were at mm-hmm. six and really the way things were playing out i really thought that it was going to go four straight quarterbacks and it still could and just numbers wise you're probably going to have your pick of Pitts versus Chase. Now you're kind of in a position where you're like, okay, what's everybody else going to do? Who am I going to get that's left? I hate that. I hate that, and I hate it even more because if you've looked at the draft board, it goes 10 Cowboys, 11 Giants, 12 Eagles. There's a 100% chance that that goes horribly awry. And you know what's going to happen. Joe Judge is just going to stick it to you and take Kyle Pitts at 10 just to fuck you and the Eagles <laughs> over for what you did to him the last week of the season. I can see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Devontae Smith does not get past 11. There's no chance. <laughs> not uh, a chance he gets past 11. No. Galladay and in, in Devontae Smith, there's, there's no chance that he gets past 11. Not okay. a single thing. I think we should trade up to nine to screw the giants over i'm all in on just screwing the giants over at every turn even if we go two and 15 look at me 17 games haha look at that catch on <laughs> we just beat Smart the giants. Man. i'm not gonna deal with his fake tough stuff oh god all right is it my turn yeah let me one other thing just uh just, i would expect the eagles to trade up in either the first round again or early second round depending on who's there at the end of the first so I don't think they're done yet. So the book, the book's not closed. I know that's what Howie wanted is for us to debate this and buy himself some time. But the, the chapter's not closed. I'm at a 98% anger level. I was at 127%. Mm-hmm. I'm back to 98. So there's still that a 2% was, chance they can salvage this. That was also your fever temperature. <laughs> it felt like it. I <laughs> was what? 127 yesterday at 98 today. More more chance of happening. The Eagles trading up from 12 or the Eagles trading back into the first round from the second round? The second one, trading back into the first round from the second round. Okay. Uh, the first round, it's it's tougher to trade because people are going to be like, we want a first round pick, like mm-hmm. the Eagles did. Mm-hmm. Um, they're sitting, I believe they're at 38, 36 or 38. Uh, so to get to 31, 32, I don't think it would be impossible if there's somebody there that you like. If Kadarius Tony makes it to the end of the first round, do not wait for him to fall. Just do it. Just go and figure it out. I like and then it. I'll say I'll say one nice thing about Howie Roseman if he doesn't. <laughs> one. One. Just one. All right. Let's get into the Cowboys here and then we'll uh we'll jump into our interview with Lindsay. Okay. So our first show since the Cowboys signed another safety. Um, they signed KZ, safety from Atlanta. So now not only do the Cowboys have the former head coach of Atlanta, the defensive passing game coordinator and assistant head coach Joe Witt 
from Atlanta. They have Keanu Neal, former safety from Atlanta. They now also have the former free safety, KZ, from Atlanta. You know how people always try to take people from the Patriots to copy their strategy because they did so well? Uh, What a bold strategy to just take people from the Falcons and model after that disaster. (laughs) I mean, does it get any more comical than that? I mean, I don't get it. <laughs> I like uh, Keanu Neal, but aside from that, I don't get it. So we also have not had a show since Mike McCarthy had his big press conference. He came out of hiding. Apparently, he's been in um, in Florida on vacation and didn't want to fly. back in his bunker? No, he was on his uh, on a uh, a beach doing cartwheels. He said, "I'd love to see that." He said when he heard the news about Dak Prescott, he was doing cartwheels on the beach, but apparently wasn't important enough for him to fly back to Dallas to be there for the introductory press conference. The head coach so he did- of the Dallas Cowboys stayed on the beach instead of coming back to Dallas to be there to support your franchise quarterback in his opening press conference. Listen, we've all been there when work emails you <laughs> when you're on vacation. You're like, yeah, I'm not reading this. <laughs> he got the email. Hey, we signed, we gave Dak Prescott like $200 million. He's like, yeah, I'll figure it out when I get back. <laughs> like another pina colada? He's Thank like, you. all right, what's, what story could I sell? Oh, I'll do the, the cartwheel like how Creed did a cartwheel in that episode of The Office where he does a half flip. He's like, I did it. The perfect cartwheel. <laughs> that not was Mike McCarthy when they signed Dak Prescott. 100%. It's just unbelievable. So, um, yeah, so the Cowboys signed KZ. He got a one-year, $1.27 million contract, less money than Xavier Woods, I believe, got for his one-year deal going up to Minnesota. So what does that tell me, Aiden? tells me he may not even make this team. He got a tenth of what HaHa Clinton Dix got last year and didn't make the team. It's not a lot of guaranteed money is what it tells me. He He's coming off uh, an Achilles injury in October. So that also shows me, is he even going to be ready to start the season? I, I don't know. It also tells me that Malik Hooker must be more injured because I think that's what it came down to. They had both of those guys in the building. I think Malik Hooker's a more talented player, but his injury history is just not good, and his medicals must just not be right if they're picking KZ over him. Or the combination of money and injury risk where they're just trying to mitigate risk and chose the less Mm -hmm. expensive option between the two injured players. Let's spend less on the injured player. Yep. And it also tells me that they're picking a safety in this draft and high in this draft. Second round, third round would not surprise me with them taking a safety. There's a kid in TCU. Yes. Stay in Texas. Yep. You can take him at 10. Let Micah and Devontae Smith fall the Eagles. Don't need to take him at 10. Uh, would take him at 44, though. Um, I don't know if I'll fall that far. You don't want to miss your guy. Take him at 10. Um, before I get more into the draft stuff and Cowboys, also a big topic that you and I talked about, and it it keeps coming up, and it keeps – the media keeps f- throwing nuggets out there, unlike Vince. <laughs> K.J. Wright. Apparently Dallas is one of his three dream teams that he wants to play for. He graded out still last year as a starting linebacker, right? He's a leader. He's smart. He wants to come to Dallas. Apparently the only thing holding this up is years. He wants two. Dallas maybe wants to give him one. Give him two years. I would. I would give him two years. It depends on the money. I'm not paying him two years, $8 million a year. But if you can get him for two years, maybe 10 total, he walks into this team and could be the best linebacker day one. He's the smartest linebacker. And well, he that's leadership to a defense that has none. I was about to say, uh, it sounds like he pretty much does everything that Jalen Smith doesn't do. So... Yes. I can see not wanting to give an older player two years and guaranteed money over two years, especially these days where money gets so tight when you pay have to yep. pay quarterbacks this much. So, like, I get it, but 
they're probably just playing a waiting game at this point where they're like, well, you're not getting it from somewhere else. You might as well come here. Like, we'll still give you a deal. And, and I maybe at, happening. I was about to say, and maybe you, you sprinkle in a little signing bonus on year one. So that, uh, and then maybe you do all these dummy years that I still haven't figured out how that's legal. So maybe you sign him to a two year deal, but it's really just a one year deal and it wouldn't cost much to get out of in year yep. two if he doesn't play well. Yep. But he, he's somebody that I, I, I still want in free agency. There's still some names out there. I mean, Richard Sherman's still sitting out there. He obviously has a connection to Dan Quinn as well. KJ Wright also has the connection to Dan Quinn as well. Both part of the Legion of Boom that won the Super Bowl with Dan Quinn as defensive coordinator in Seattle. Both now older players. If I could choose one of those two, I'm taking KJ Wright. I agree. Hey, 2012 talent. Maybe they should play for the Nets. Ha ha. <laughs> <laughs> breaking like news here on birds versus boys slash drunk off pnr richard sherman signing with the brooklyn nets <laughs> suck it woge <laughs> and Schefter. Uh, crossover yeah you suck <laughs> oh god all right but no um, yeah i'd like kj right too <laughs> mm-hmm. i think he's just he's a better player at this point in his career um and I think he's more of a leader. And those linebackers need a leader in that room. But so so do the cornerbacks. I mean, the the best cornerback right now is Trevon Dix. And he played his rookie season last year and was injured for some of it. So, I mean, Anthony Brown stinks. Jordan Lewis, eh. They've got no one. And that leads me to the draft. Caleb Farley was there. Right, but now he has his second back procedure. He's off my board. I'm not. I, I'm not even taking well, it. What about in the second round at 44? If I think he's, he's sitting there. If he's sitting there at 44, I think it has to depend on who else is there. It scares me. If let's say let's say the Cowboys take Pitts right at 10. Let's just dream scenario here, and then Caleb Farley's sitting there at 44. You could be like, oh my God, this this is the the greatest one-two punch of drafts could ever be. But then you're also taking Caleb Farley, hoping he's going to be the guy with that injury history. And it scares me. Yeah, see, you'll never be able to sell the Eagles fans on, on getting Farley in the second round because Sydney Jones. Jones. Yep. But that mm-hmm. it'll never happen again. You can never sell them. It, it will just never happen. But it, I really do think he's going to drop. And, and I, you know, it's not you that know he's who else? talented. You know who else that is? Jalen Smith. You could have yeah, got him in the another fourth. One. Took him in the second. Yeah. Uh, and getting hurt in the bowl game too. Last possible game to get hurt. I mean, that guy lost a lot of money. He did. He did. He had an insurance policy on himself apparently that he cashed in on. So. Which is wild. I didn't even know they could do that until a few years ago. But, you know, yeah. you could just, like, give these guys money, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. Just make money. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Maybe that would work. Um, but with Farley, probably definitely off the board at 10. Sertan seems to be the guy that they're keying in on. Most mock drafts, if you look at, or, like, top 100 players, top 50 players like Daniel Jeremiah, all those guys have Sertan as their 10th best player. Yeah, It's a need. It makes sense. But I don't love it. Because if a guy like Rashawn Slater sitting there and they take a average corner, I'm going to say, over him, I'm going to be pissed. If Kyle Pitts is somehow sitting there and they take Patrick Sertan over him, or even J.C. Horn over him, I'm going to be angry. Now, I was listening to 105.3 The Fan today, and Brian Broadus was talking about how he fears Sertan not being there at 10 for the Cowboys because he thinks either Denver, if they can't get a quarterback, their next biggest need is cornerback, could take him at 9, or there's about five other teams that could trade up to 9 to get Sertan in front of the Cowboys. Now, if that happens and Slater and Horner sitting there, 
I'm taking Slater. You? Yeah, I, well, I think that kid is ferocious. I read Daniel Jeremiah, who said he could instantly be an impact player as a guard, maybe not as a tackle, but immediately as a guard. So I guess you just put him on the opposite side of Zach Collins and figure out the rest as that, you go. That, that would be perfect because you put him next to Tyron Smith. And then, you know, Tyron's getting older. He learns from those guys. And then as soon as Tyron moves on, boom, you kick him out to tackle. I was about to say, then he becomes your tackle. So, I mean, yeah, I, I I do agree with you. I thought Denver picked at seven. I'm all hoodwinked and bamboozled and led astray. I forget what's going on. I, oh, I've looked at so many mock drafts. I can't even remember the numbers. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so Denver is one we were talking pre-show as somebody who could really screw the pooch for both of us here. Yep. Because if they take a quarterback, it's a great thing. If they don't, they're probably going to take a position of need for both of our teams. They've been a strong cornerback team over the years. They've always had strong cornerback play. So mm-hmm. if if they uh, if they take a CB, it's not going to surprise me. It won't surprise me if Sertan is the one. Uh, this is perfect because after our interview, we are doing as our TikTok tonight top five defensive players in the draft. So this is just a precursor for things to come. Exactly why I was why I was throwing it out there. Um... You know, I, if I could get like Asante Samuel Jr. in the second or even Elijah Molden from Washington, like I'm okay with taking Slater first or Pitts. Yeah. I, I keep I keep saying Pitts in my head, and I think I'm talking myself into him. Like it, it really could happen when I know it's not going to happen because I, I can't – there's no chance I get CeeDee Lamb and then Kyle Pitts back-to-back years. Like it just I, – I don't have that much luck. <laughs> but can that really was- happen? I hope not. I I will die. I literally think I would die. Like I just don't. I just won't have any enthusiasm to watch anymore. Like just, and uh, all like, those people that keep saying like the defense needs to be fixed. You have to no matter what take a defensive player with the first pick. You have to. Like n- listen, what were you just saying before? Best player available mm-hmm. and. You have the Cowboys have multiple picks. They have a ton of comp picks. You draft defense the rest of the way through the draft. You go, yeah. If Pitts is there, you take Kyle Pitts one and you figure it fucking out because he's a generational Hall of Fame talent. And it gives you the availability to get out of Amari Cooper after this year. That saves you $20 million a year. And you can get rid of Zeke. And that's how you get out of Cap Hell. And move forward. You take a guy like Kyle Pitts, he makes this offense just unfucking stoppable. And then you figure it out the rest of the way in the draft and you take defensive player after defensive player. Yeah. So uh, to me, it would be the CD Lamb situation again mm-hmm. if Pitts is there at 10, where it's like, is that the most pressing need? No, but he's clearly the most talented player left on the board. So just take him. Just take them and work on the rest. And I saw this quote today. I forget who it's by, so sorry for not giving you credit. But it was somebody reputable. It's not like some Twitter user. They're like, you use the draft for talent. You use free agency for need. Mm -hmm. You should be drafting the most talented people there to fill out your roster. That's how you win. You just draft talent. And then you figure it out after the fact. Mm -hmm. Because guess what? Because you have an average left. Like if Panay Suel is there. Like I love Jordan Malata. But and I like Lane Johnson, but if Panay Suell's there, and I've been told for three years that Suell, Trevor Lawrence, and Jamar Chase are the three best players in this draft, you know, like and you have a chance to get one it. of them, yeah, just do it. That means you upgrade from above average to great just because you have somebody at tackle doesn't mean you get another one. It's if just, you, you know, if you get amazing ingredients, you can make a good meal. If you get fucking yeah. hot dogs and white bread, you're going to get a fucking hot dog on white bread. Yeah. <laughs> That's just what it is. You can make you can make a good meal if you have good ingredients. It doesn't matter. I don't it's just it's going to taste good. Figure it out after. Get the If someone gives you all this shit, they're like, "Oh, you can have all this beautiful organic food." Well, I don't have a recipe for it. F- fucking figure it out. Figure it out. That's exactly. They have that whole show where they just cook it for Bobby Flay mm-hmm. with random ingredients. That's what. The, yeah. Figure. So figure it out. So but no, that I, should I, that should be the strategy with, for sure. 
with 29 days as we record, I guess 28 days left as this episode drops until the draft, I am slowly talking myself into Kyle Pitts, and I believe I'm going to be heartbroken. You will. I don't think he'll be there at 10. Uh, I, at least I, I'm at 12, so like I know it's not happening. When we were at 6, I was all in, and then he they would have went 4, Pitts, 5, Chase, and I'm like, well, this sucks. Talk <laughs> to me I, about Miami. Pitts and Chase are both sitting there. All right, last thing before the interview, but uh, yeah. they go Jamar Chase for sure. Okay. Like, yeah. And it, it, it would be phenomenal work by them. What they've done over the years to accumulate picks to drop from three to six and still end up with Jamar Chase and still have multiple first round picks this year and still, I believe, have multiple first round picks next year. It would be phenomenal work by them. He would look dirty in a Dolphin jersey. I believe they have three first round picks this year, don't they? Uh, they gave up one last or I'm sorry, next year, but I think they still have I think three. so. Yeah. Yeah. Brian Flores, man. I like that guy. All right. They have I think we've out. we've rambled enough. You want to bring her in? Yeah. So we got Lindsay OK back on second time on the show. This was a phenomenal. We covered a bunch of topics. Why we wanted her this week, obviously. Joe Flacco now with the Eagles. We welcome her to Eagles fandom, which welcome to the roller coaster of emotion. Uh, but we touched on so many different topics and she was great. So here she is, Lindsay OK, presented by Stateside Baca. All right, Aiden, we welcome her back for her second appearance here on the show. She covers the NFL top to bottom. She is the world's biggest Joe Flacco supporter. And she puts the haters on social media in their place, puts them to sleep every single day. It's the one and only Lindsay. Okay, Lindsay, welcome back to Birds vs. Boys. How are you? Good. How are you guys? Thanks for having me again. Of course. No, we're, we're excited because we're draft guys. But before we dive into football, I do need to ask you something. So you tweeted today, did I eat an entire buffalo chicken pizza by myself and not share? <laughs> Who's to say? We need to know. We need the inside knowledge. Is it true? Did you? It is true. It was not like a giant, like a giant ass pizza. It was like a smaller one, but I still was like, okay, I'll have like half of it, you know? And then I was just like, I'm still hungry. I didn't eat breakfast. So it makes sense. I, I would do the I've same I've been thing. there before. <laughs> yeah. I was about to say, I've been there before. <laughs> Where oh. if you skip breakfast and you're still hungry, you're like, well, might as well just eat the whole thing at this point. <laughs> All right, well, let's get into the actual football questions. We were talking pre-show about how we got you pretty good times. Last time you were on, it was when Joe Flacco was first starting. Now he is a member of the Eagles. Uh, so I'll hit you with a few Flacco questions as he joins my Eagles team. So first thing I wanted to ask is my Eagles. both the my, – you're, welcome, welcome. So welcome to the Eagles team. Uh, if, do you enjoy haunted houses? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's a depends. sad existence. Well, that's what rooting for the Eagles is like because it's chaotic. You're looking around the corner at every turn, but I can guarantee you it will be entertaining <laughs> one way or another every single week. I hear the fans are really nice people. <laughs> they are fantastic. They, mm -hmm. <laughs> You will never hear a bad headline, especially not on social media. Mm -mm. All right. Well, so locally and nationally, it's been kind of reported that the Eagles aren't entirely sold on Jalen Hurts. So do you think that Joe Flacco maybe took this role because if this doesn't start off well for Hurts, they end up going to Flacco? Um, I think so. I mean, I think that definitely had something, a little bit something to do with it. I don't think if it was between, I mean, he said in his opening press conference that that wasn't the case, but come on, like, let's be honest. Um, he wasn't. <laughs> He wasn't going to take, I'm trying to think of, like, he wouldn't take the Chiefs' backup job because Patrick Mahomes is obviously the starter there. He's obviously going to take a job where he has kind of an opening. Um, and he said a lot in his conference about how he was, as he was, the, the, he was a backup for the first time last year, and he was kind of humbled by it, but it didn't make him want to start any less. It didn't want, it didn't make him, not love football any less. So, I mean, it was clear, especially, you know, sitting behind Sam Darnold and playing better than Sam Darnold when he actually was on the field 
that he still, you know, he's not ready to give up on him being a starting quarterback. And I, I mean, a lot of people think it's like, a lot of people see him as cocky because he said he was elite in that like famous quote and everything like that. But I mean, I'm, I've subscribed to the fact and I think I might've told you guys this the last time I was on, but you have to be a little bit cocky to be a successful quarterback in the NFL. So, Mm -hmm. um, and if, I mean, if he didn't say that, if he said, if he said on the flip side and was like, I'm not interested in being the starter, like, you know, I'm not that competitive. Like he was going to get eaten up for that too. So, Mm -hmm. um, you know, He's an honest guy. He's always going to tell you what he thinks. And if he thinks that he has a chance to start again, he's going to tell you so. Um, So, I mean, I'm not, it's hard with, I'm not as familiar with the Eagles as I am with the Ravens. So them saying that they're not that sold on Jalen Hurts, I don't really know how, you know, how much to read into that. Um, But like, like I said, I think if there's an opening there, I think that's definitely one of the reasons why he took that spot. You're, yeah, you're gonna love it because there is there's no city in the entire world that cares more about backup anything than <laughs> Philadelphia. So he's going to be so coveted in Philadelphia, it's unbelievable. I'm waiting yeah. for the jerseys to just fly off the shelves. <laughs> Trust me, one bad quarter of Jalen Hurts, and they will be <laughs> without a doubt. <laughs> now you brought up the the introductory press conference, and it was pretty entertaining to to listen to him especially from an Eagles perspective where he's been in the opposite conference for quite some time. Um, and one of the questions that they asked him was about being a mentor to Jalen Hurts. And in a politically correct way, he pretty much said he's not really doing that. Do you think that needs to be his role as an older guy with the younger quarterback or more so like, hey, I'm here to compete just like you? Um, so he gets asked. he got asked that question because he said something – to the point of when he, uh, when Lamar was drafted in Baltimore, he said, it's not my job to, you know, get him ready for the NFL. Um, he didn't mean that in like a derogatory way towards Lamar. It's just, he's not going to be the guy who helps this new guy take his current job. Um, Mm -hmm. so that's kind of the way I looked at it. And then of course they asked him again in Denver and, um, he said this, something similar. And then he, they asked him again, um, at the press conference. And um, I mean, you saw like pro football talk, like spin that headline all the way around. He did not not for one second say, I'm not going to mentor him. He said, you know, when you get in the quarterback room, everybody works together, everybody helps each other out and he's going to play whatever role, you know, he's given. If he's the starter, if he's the backup, whatever, he's going to do whatever he can to help the team win. So. True. That's true. I think that it was a fair, like politically correct answer where it was like, I could mentor him, but I also am here to compete. So I thought that was uh it was an interesting answer just because, you know, I left the door wide open for, for really anything. I think that's the best right. way to and put it. Like, and again, like I mentioned before, if he were to flip that and say the opposite and say, yeah, I'm totally going to mentor him. Like, I don't want to do <laughs> like, he's going to get chewed up for that too. And mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of players don't like talking to the media because of that stuff, because their words get twisted. So happens every yeah. single yeah. week here. <laughs> yep. And, and Jalen hurts hasn't done anything yet to, I mean, Joe Flacco is a super bowl winning quarterback who has been in this league forever. Jalen hurts has played what four, four games. games? So, I mean, what is Joe Flacco supposed to say? Yeah, my career's over. I'm just going to ride the bench, hold the tablet, and root for Jalen. Like, you can't say that. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and and you're right. So, you mentioned that he didn't want to go to a team like the Chiefs. And obviously, he wouldn't want to go to a team like my Cowboys because Dak Prescott obviously signs the mega deal. So, we've talked a lot about it, and we've had Cowboys guests on to talk about it as well. But since the dust has settled now, if few weeks out what were your thoughts on the deal with the cowboys and Dak? um i worth that yeah like i have been wanting i love Dak prescott he's like one of my favorite guys in this in the entire league um i think he's great i think off the field he's a great guy um i kind of relate to him because we our brothers have both kind of passed away and it's kind of mm-hmm. like not to get like morbid or anything but it's something that you don't know what it's like until it happens to you um, the fact that he talks about mental health a lot, I love that, um, especially for a dude. A lot of dudes don't talk about that stuff. Um, exactly. So 
I don't know, but like on like on the field, like I mean, you saw the Cowboys last year. That just up his value even more so than it had been before. And I mean, Jerry Jones is gonna skedaddle his way around anything. So, but he was like he was pinned to the wall at this point. Um, mm-hmm. if, he, if Jerry Jones didn't sign him, somebody else would have swooped in and you know done the same thing. So, yep. um, I'm glad they got it done. I think he deserved it last year, but I mean, better late than never. I agree. Yeah, we we always were joking about that. Aiden was like, the Bears are coming in here, but they ended up signing QB one in Andy Dalton for ten million dollars for one year. That was that was fun. Um, all right, one more for me is the NFL this week announced that they're going to a seventeen game schedule. It's going to take me years to forget about eight and eight and nine and seven and 10 and six. But so teams are going to alternate from nine home games, eight away games, and then the next year flip flop. So what are your thoughts on adding another game? Are you excited? And what do you think the impact will be on players? Um, I, I have kind of mixed feelings on this. I think um, the, the system wasn't broken. So why do you feel like you need to fix it? That's my favorite saying. (laughs) Yeah. And like, I, I get it. It's more football. I mean, everybody pretends like they like preseason at first, but like by the fourth game, like you're like, can I do anything else? But you watch it anyway, because you know, back in March, like here we are sitting here, Mm -hmm. absolutely twiddling our thumbs, waiting for some sort of football. So, I mean, we watch it, but, um, so I like that aspect of it. I think adding another game and taking a preseason game away is fine. Um, I just, and I, I love how the, they're spinning it that, well, you know, you do have to work for us more, but eventually you're going to get paid more. Like not mm-hmm. everybody is. So mm-hmm. that's kind of like <laughs> unfair to say like, sure. Maybe like the guy, the guys who are, you know, owed big deals or something are going to get paid more. But I mean, is, the second string running back going to get paid more? Probably not. So it's, I don't know. That's kind of where I'm off on it. I also saw Roger Goodell spin it the way how he says, well, science says that um, more players get injured in the preseason and not the the regular season. So we're going to go with science. I'm like, come on. That's that's just unbelievable. Like I understand what he's trying to say. Like more players do get injured in preseason. Of course. Your ankle injury isn't going to hold back and be like, Oh, it's week four. Okay. We can't get injured this week. Uh, Like, you know what I mean? It's just like, you can't predict like, yeah, a lot more injuries happen in the preseason, but I mean, if you get injured preseason, the fourth preseason game, you could just as easily get injured week one. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not, so I, I don't know. I have mixed feelings. Like I said, obviously I'm here ranting about it. <laughs> Roger Goodell, big believer in science now yeah. completely ignored CT, yeah. but now the science yeah. is what we're believing. It's because science pays extra money with an extra That's game. True. And now <laughs> the science gives us a bigger salary cap and TV deal. Now all of a sudden we care about science. It. Yeah. Bill <laughs> Nye. He's turning into Bill Nye, the science guy all of a sudden. Yeah. Well, uh, you brought up what we're doing in March today. I was watching 40-yard dashes for fun just to get my fix for football. We are huge draft guys. It's all we've talked about for weeks. Um, Are you into the draft? And if so, anybody that you're keying in on, hopefully for the Ravens at pick 27? Um, so I'm not a big draft person. I am somebody I, during the season, I do not have time whatsoever to watch any sort of college football because I am mm-hmm. just so busy. Saturday is my only day off. So I'm not going to sit around and watch football on my day off. Um, mm-hmm. So I like around now is when I'll start, you know, looking at like the top guys and everything like that. Um, but I'm not, I'm not somebody that's going to pretend to know know everything about every single prospect. Um, I still think the Ravens need a center. Um, I know they tried to like replace Marshall Yonda with that Kevin Zeitler guy. Zeitler. Yep. Yeah. Um, which I mean, that's a good try. You know, I'm not going to hate on that. Um, but they still have really been needing a center since they let Ryan Jensen walk. Um, and then I would like another wide receiver. Um, Sammy Watkins is not the missing piece. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, but the Ravens are so bad at drafting wide receivers that I am so out on that at this point. Um, a tight end would be nice. Um, 
they they um they need a more defensive lineman obviously um they let i'm drawing a blank but they let a bunch of them go this offseason um so that's kind of the positions that i'm looking at gotcha yeah definitely uh the receiver thing i know has been a big thing down there because there's everyone wants to see lamar succeed so gotta get him some help so that's definitely one to be keying in on yeah, for sure and like, i i like ravens fans will sit here and complain about how he needs help he needs this he needs a number one wide receiver but then they turn around and complain when he has to throw too much so i'm like mm-hmm. why are you <laughs> wouldn't a wide receiver make him throw more and then why would you complain about so that's what i don't get but um yeah i definitely think I mean, get yeah, you, I don't know, but I'm not holding my breath because they never have 10 years. They've never had a top wide receiver. They just don't care. So you hit it on the head with the defensive line. I just looked up a couple of mock drafts and three of them have Gregory Rousseau going. He's the edge rusher from um, Miami. So he's a long di- disruptive guy. So, you know, that would help. I, I could see him in, in Ravens black and purple. He's just one of those guys. that's just a pain in the ass. Yeah, that's that's such a Ravens move too is to go defensive line on you know in the first round. It is. It is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you know what? They usually draft pretty well, so I can't mm-hmm. knock them. <laughs> mm-hmm. Except for those wide receivers. All right, Lindsay, before we get you out of here, let everybody know where they you you said, and it is true because we both follow you during the football season. You're working basically 24-7 except for Saturday. So how can people follow all your content, social media? You you are a lot of fun to to follow on social media as well. Like I said earlier, the haters just get put to sleep even before you have your coffee in the morning. So uh, where can everybody follow you and uh, get your content? Um, you can follow me at Lindsay. Okay. Um, on everything, Instagram, Twitter. Um, I have a blog at Lindsay. And then I have a Patreon, which is almost turned into like a YouTube channel. Um, I just talk about a different couple different things every day and yeah. Awesome. Great. Easy enough. Well, thank you for coming on again in the offseason. We'll have you on again during the season if you have 15 minutes for us when you're so busy. But, Lindsay, thanks for being on again. We appreciate it. And uh, enjoy the draft for the Ravens that's coming up and becoming an Eagles fan. Thanks, guys. Another big thank you to Lindsay OK for joining us. Like Aiden said, she always comes around at the perfect time when it comes to Joe Flacco. But we've talked a lot. This has obviously been a long interview. Vince always tells us to make it short interviews. He goes driving through the woods, and we present you with an hour and a half of nothing but pure content. So let's get to our TikToks. You mentioned them earlier in the show. You can intro what they are now. We'll give the people our TikToks, and then we'll let you go on with your day and your week. All right, so tonight we're keeping a draft strategy pertaining to in terms of our TikTok. So we've got top five defensive prospects in the 2021 NFL draft. Mm-hmm. We don't have our triangle. So would you like me to start or would you like to start? It'll just yeah, I, I feel like it's it's always good. You start and that's just, you know, that's just okay. how it needs to be. And maybe we'll pause for a moment of silence <laughs> for Vince. We'll just drop, you know, Hingle McCringleberry. Yeah, yeah. Just we'll throw a random name in there just to make it feel like he's here. All right, so at five, I have Jeremiah Owosu Kamaroa. I'm pretty sure I said that not, right. Not J-O-K. Jeremiah uh, Owosu Koromoa. I was very close. <laughs> anyway, listen, <laughs> point being, he hits people really hard and he flies around fast. I don't need to say his name if he just hits people the way he should. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of Notre Dame defensive players, but this guy kind of breaks the mold, so... Jeremiah Awusu Karamoa. Yes? No, Koromoa. <laughs> you sound like you're saying Jeremiah Awusu Caramel. Say his last name. Koromoa. Koromoa. Yep. Jeremiah. Now put it together. Use the word Jeremiah. Jeremiah Awusu Karamoa. <laughs> Jeremiah. Say it with me. I Jeremiah. Get that part. Awusu. Jeremiah, Awusu. I feel like I'm on. It's the la, it's the A and the R that are really Koromoa. Koromoa. Now put it together. Jeremiah Awusu Koromoa. Boom! We did it. All right. <laughs> we did it. All right. J O K. Jock. 
All right, so five for me is also a linebacker, but it's not Jock. And no, it's not Michael Parsons. It's Zaven Collins, the linebacker from Tulsa. Outside linebacker. Dude is a stud. Um, if the Cowboys don't get a linebacker in the first round, which they're probably not going to, if he's sitting there in the second round at 44, I would love to add him to this linebacker crew. So I'm going Zaven Collins, the outside linebacker from Tulsa at five. Good pool. I've heard a lot about him. Uh, so at four, I have Gregory Rousseau from Miami. Here's my catch with this one. We talked about this in the interview, but he would look great at 27 with the Ravens. He just seems like the next edge rusher and could replace Yannick. So at four, I have Gregory Rousseau in the right team. Four for me, cornerback from the Cox, South Carolina, J.C. Horn. Dude's a stud. He gets a lot of penalties, holds a lot, uh, but he's a big physical corner. He is going to be a player in this league. So J.C. Horn at four for me. At three, I also have a corner. I have Patrick Sertan. So I think sometimes we just overlook these things. There's a reason there's the kids are at Alabama. It's because they're pretty damn good. So at three, I have Sertan. For three, for all those same reasons you just said, I have Patrick Sertan. There you go. <laughs> Can't overthink same it. Same brain. Yeah, nope. there we go. Same vaccine, same brain. <laughs> All right, at two, I have a name you brought up. I have J.C. Horn. He reminds me a little bit, former Gamecock, Stephon Gilmore. If he turns out even 75% of that, he'll be pretty good in this league for years to come. At two, for me, a guy that you already mentioned, Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa. He, at his pro day, came in at 220 pounds. That was a big thing for him because you know people are afraid of his size, but he showed... He has the measurables. He showed he can jump. He can run fast. He can hit people. You can play him at linebacker. You can play him at safety. He's a stud. Jock it too. Are you sure you said his name right? <laughs> Jeremiah Wusukoromoa, baby. I don't know about that. I like the boy I said. <laughs> <laughs> All right. At one, I have Michael Parsons. Kid is freakish athlete, natural, tackles everything. Everything he th- he's got the Midas touch. Everything he touches turned to gold. In high school, he was the kick returner. He was the running back. He was good at that. He was the defensive end. And then they were like, "All right, we'll put you at linebacker at Penn State since you're not as big as a defensive end." So they did that. And then he was all Big Ten freshman, and then led the team in tackles as a sophomore. Everything he touches turns to gold. He's the number one defensive prospect in the draft. Number one for me. Hashtag Team Micah. Let's go. He tweeted today, there's nobody else like me in this draft. Hashtag simple. Can't beat it. Ran a 4-3-6 as a linebacker. Makes no sense. Linebacker. And his miss rate on tackles is less than 10%. So, like, not only is he flying to the ball, but then when he gets there, he, could, he it's not like he's running he by. You. Like, he gets there, and then he actually can tackle you. There's so he many guys you. who... Well, you can't put all three together. Like Nate Gary couldn't read anything. And then you got guys who are too slow. They can read it, but they can't get there in time. And there's people who fly past the ball. He can do all three. Read, react, get there, make the play. And then there's Jalen Smith. And there's Jalen Smith. (laughs) Who was a stud in college. And then. Yeah. And that is why Michael Parsons did not play this year. He runs like a robot. Just. Yeah. But he wasn't always like that. That is why, like, when people are mad at these kids for sitting out this year, look at Jalen Smith. Because yep. Micah played, and his teammate who did play, Pat Fryermuth, we're talking about tight ends, haven't mentioned him because he hurt his knee, doesn't really get to participate in pro day, probably got a drop around because of it. That is why Micah did not play this year. I, lo- I was actually, before we get out of here, I was talking to somebody. We were talking about Jamar Chase, and he's like, I absolutely love Jamar Chase, what I would do to have him on, on my team. And then we started talking about Mike. He's like, yeah, I don't know. He sat out the year. He just left his team. And I'm like, (laughs) yeah, well, (laughs) did you forget something there? Yeah. Craziest part about Jamar Chase, he was with the team. Like, Michael was like, with COVID, I'm not playing early. A lot of those guys opted out. Like, you had the decision. It was like a week before the season, and Jamar Chase was like, yeah, I'm not doing it. Like, he went through all of of August camp and then was like, I'm not playing. My working theory is he's like, all right, this team is not going to be good. That <laughs> yeah, should have been our first warning sign that LSU was bad this year when he was like, I'm not doing it a week before the season. <laughs> I'm going out as a national champ, and I'll get picked top five next year. 
top five. I'm making easy money. I'm just sitting out. I'm going to be top five. Yeah. I got a ring and I'm already considered the best prospect. I have nothing to prove. I'm not playing with these bums. <laughs> he, he looked at them and he's like, you suck. And I'm just going to have to be quarantined in a dorm room 24 seven. Yeah, no, I'm good. No, thanks. Yeah. He was like Adam Silver the first time he, or not Adam. Uh, oh my God. Adam Sandler in yes. the longest yard when he walks out to do tryouts. He's like, Oh God, this could be bad. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> that was Jamar Chase at LSU. Like, All right, mm-hmm. I'm not doing this. All right, so those are our top five defensive prospects for our TikToks this week. You got anything else before we get the people out of here? No, I'm all good. I think we covered all the topics for tonight. Thanks for listening. Hopefully uh, by next week, Aiden and I will not be zombies from the vaccine, and you won't have to be sitting here with Vince and Eddie for four hours. Yeah, yeah. If you let the show as long tonight, give those two no parental guidance and see what happens. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, make sure you uh, you follow us on Twitter, Birds vs Boys Pod. Definitely follow us on TikTok as well. Subscribe, listen, watch, rate everywhere. Podcasts are available: Apple, Spotify, Hulu, Netflix, wherever you want. We're there. YouTube, check us out. Thank you again to Lindsay OK, Branded Sports, and Stateside Vodka. Till next time, this was Birds vs. Boys with KMS and Aiden. Thank you for listening. Chris Hansen here, and I'm going to need you all to take a seat right over there and check out Birds vs. Boys. I think you're completely right here, and I hate it. Yep. Hey, idiots. Stop doing dumb things. I got two phones. Upside alert. Upside alert. I might go insane. I think you're already there. There's no hope. Hope is gone. If this was an AFC North podcast, we'd be done in 15 minutes. Bob Hope. I'm going to drink bleach. Be the team you promised me you were going to be this year. This is the Consciously Hopeful podcast. I'll be watching.